Welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation brought to you by Ledium. In this episode, we have Leslie Bennett, a corporate sales trainer and sales-led go-to-market consultant, discussing the topic of value-based segmentation. Leslie shares insights on how to personalize outreach at scale and the importance of strategic segmentation in outbound sales. So let's dive in and learn from Leslie's expertise. Holland, take it away. All right, welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation brought to you by Ledium. Very excited to have my good friend Leslie Vinets on again. I think this is maybe fourth, maybe fifth time on <laughs> Sales Transformation, but Leslie is a corporate sales trainer and sales-led go-to-market consultant. She has made over 100,000 cold calls, uh, was a three times head of sales, and is now the founder of Sales Team Builder. Leslie, welcome back to the show. I am. So, I think it might be number four. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I love it. I'm, I, four or five. I think every time we kind of change something about the show, we're like, we got to get Leslie back on for the new. It's always new a format. yes. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, and it's always just a good excuse to, to catch up with you before and after we record because I know we're both pretty busy. Um, and so we always fit in a little little banter before and after, which is nice. Gotta so to, for anybody who's maybe a new listener, um, hasn't you know heard any of the past episodes where we had you on, just give us kind of the, the short version of kind of your sales background. Sure. Yeah. Spent uh, 15 years primarily working uh, enterprise sales motions in corporate America, with the exception of two years where I made the truly insane choice to join a bootstrap startup as their number one, their first employee. Um, so a lot of player coach roles. So I was actually doing the job uh, and then a lot of times leading large teams of SDRs and full cycle reps. And then I left corporate about 18 months ago to make my side hustle, my passion project into my full time gig. And I'm a full time founder. And I'm just kind of curious, um, you know, what the transition has been like for you going full time founder. What's been some of the, you know, Pros and cons of that. Yeah, mostly pros. I would say the one con is that I do make less money now. Uh. Uh, but that is also by choice. Like I am not doing a rising grind startup lifestyle. I yeah. am running a six-figure agency, working four days a week, focusing on my physical, mental, and emotional health. So I, I'm not going to pretend like it doesn't suck to make less money because it does. I love money. I am a money motivated person, but I am the happiest. Um, I would say that I've ever been at work and there's, there's something to be said about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I remember we did an episode right as you were transitioning, uh, after kind of an awful job search, uh, experience, uh, that, that happened. And I know we, we covered that on one of the past episodes, but, um, always love having you on, always love to bring your perspective of, of things. Um, and today we're going to talk about something that we planned, which is value-based segmentation. So for people who are maybe like, what the heck is that? Let's explain that and then let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. So I love talking about value-based segmentation because too often in sales, it, we have this dichotomy of a quantity approach or a quality approach. And for whatever reason, 
as sales reps, leaders, we've decided you can only do one or the other. Mm. And I've found value-based segmentation for me, for my teams, for my clients to be a path to personalization at scale. So it's the meeting in the middle of a quality and quantity approach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that when people think of segmentation, they think of the kind of basic surface level stuff of like, company size, employee count, industry. Can you kind of break down like what are some things that you look for to segment um, to really be able to personalize at scale? Mm -hmm. So when we think about value-based segmentation, we want to start with our ICP. So if you already have that clarity on who the ideal account size industry person, like that's all great. And that's where we want to start this process. But then we're going to look for other layers of segmentation that we can build in. So let me give you an example, Colin. If your ICP are organizations between 100 and 1,000 employees, that's, that's fine. That's good to know. But that's way too big of a segment to be able to personalize in a way that is going to be relevant to them. So you're going to want to trim trim that down. And so maybe instead of one to one, 100 to 1,000, it's 100 to 250. The stuff going on in that type of an organization is a lot different than what's going on at a thousand person organization. So we're going to build in some layers that help us create messaging that is very relevant to a smaller group that you pull out of your larger ICP. Yeah. It always baffles me. And I love how you said, if, if you know what your ICP is, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You probably have to be an outbound geek, uh, to pick up on something like that because often I think a lot of times people think, uh, they know their ICP and a lot of times it's a little bit more of a theory. Um, but you know, outbound is one of the most effective ways to really hone that in, right? Because you can A-B test a lot of different things. You might have kind of a theory of, of your general ICP and some additional segmentation points that you could run against each other to see what performs, not just from a booking a meeting, but also like booking some revenue, uh, which should be important. And, but uh, also, uh, <laughs> you know, cause I talk to people about outbound all day, every day. And the, my least favorite answer when, when I ask people about their ICP is when they say, yeah, we're kind of industry agnostic. And I'm like, I hate that answer. Please don't tell me that, you know, uh, because it's like you can't, it's just too, people think that um, being broad or more general is better, right? Because then it's a bigger mm -hmm. market and it's the exact opposite. Yeah, I see it all the time with organizations that are chasing VC or PE funding because they're so used to talking in the context of their TAM, their total addressable market, mm. that when it comes to building territories and building outbound processes, they, they struggle to pivot from that TAM boil the ocean approach to really to hit our revenue goals, we only actually need 18 deals all year. So it's not how do we contact everybody, it's how do we contact enough of the right people to get 18 strong clients on the books in you know, 23, 24, whatever it is. So yeah, it's, 
And, you know, and I'm sure you've seen this too, Colin, that you're like, what are, what is your ICP? And they're like, I mean, any organization with like over a billion. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, any? Mm, mm, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, and then if we peel it back a little bit, like, um, what are your thoughts around using, you know, trigger-based data, you know, for segmentation? Could be job changes, yeah. job board data, not my personal favorite, but funding rounds, right? Because that, you know, yeah. uh, people kind of overly use that a little bit, in my opinion. But, yeah, t tell me your thoughts on, on how to use that data and how that can help, you know, really segment down into a value-based uh, workable list. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's use funding rounds because it is one that gets maybe overused to the, to the abused side. Yeah. So if you're going to use a, a funding round as your trigger, some of the other layers that you want to build in to really execute that, that, you know, quantity, quality, value-based segmentation approach would be, um, it is only for organizations that are in, we'll say SaaS, because that's who's getting the funding rate. So it's only for SaaS organizations who got their Series B. And it is only for SaaS organizations that sell to other SaaS organizations. Mm -hmm. And we are only going to be contacting CROs who have been in seat for less than a year. So now you're 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 talking to a really specific like a, a new-ish CRO, yeah. probably kind of fighting for their life right now. Yeah. A CRO that you know is under a tremendous amount of pressure to hit probably unrealistic targets because they just got this new round of funding. Probably a CRO that's being asked to grow the team along with growing revenue. And maybe they barely have their current team sort of performing because they're fairly new in seat, like you can take those different layers of segmentation along with the trigger event and extrapolate based on your deep market knowledge, some of the things that they might be struggling with. And then you find the ways to pair that with the problem you solve. So what doesn't work is congrats on your series B. Would you like to buy mm -hmm. my X? What does work is, like something that's like, hi, Colin, uh, saw your recent funding from X, assume that means you're going to be asked to scale the team. And then in that context, your product would be something about onboarding or hiring or something to do with scale the team, right? So it's the, the, the approach that allows you to speak very specifically to a small cluster of your total territory and then do it in a way that the trigger event isn't mm -hmm. the reason for the outreach. The trigger event tells you something else about the challenges they're facing and you figure out where that aligns with your product or service. And that becomes the relevant reason for yeah, I, your I outreach. love how you broke that down, right? Because you're still using the same segmentation, but in two very different ways, right? The first one is sort of what I like to call personalization to check a box like oh i personalized it using a data point that's probably even just a merge field and didn't really add any value mm -hmm. from there right and you're saying use the information to be able to reach out 
and tie it in in a more relevant way of why you're reaching out, um, which are two very different things. You know, um, uh, yeah. it's it's funny because we obviously do outbound as a service at Ledium, but we've really never done outbound for ourselves at all. Um, we've never had to. And so I've started to experiment with it, with it a little bit myself. And, um, and we do use some funding around data and some job board data. And so like lots of data, as far as like, who are we going to reach out to? And the thing, the interesting thing is like, everybody wants to know how do you personalize at scale? But if you actually take a step back, like, you may not need to reach out to as many people as you think if you do it right. Um, yeah. And so I actually experimented with, uh, you know, taking some funding around data. And I like when I, if I'm going to use the funding around data, I don't like to do it when it's like super fresh, like, oh, they just raised because everybody's peppering them. Right. But if they raise Every single email in their inbox is congrats on yeah. your series A, like every yeah. single yeah. email. And um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even like to call it out really. Um, or if you do, you, you can do it in a very natural way so that it doesn't say like congrats on mm. your round in December, right? Which is clearly a merge field data point, right? Where it could be, hey, saw you raise funding in the last year, something like a little bit more natural, um, it is a, sounds like, like you actually wrote it versus you just plugged in some merge field data in a non-personalized email. Um, so I think humans are getting smarter yeah. at, of like picking up on those little things of like, oh, that was a merge field, clearly not personalized, or this actually looks like a human actually wrote it, right? A little more casual, uh, using things uh, in your sentences that would be harder to do with a merge field almost intentionally so that it stands out as well. Absolutely. And, and I think that's the crux of the, the value of the blend of that quantity versus quality approach or the, the, like the justification for value-based segmentation because you are creating a template that's pretty specific. You're not going to be able to just use it with everybody. Maybe it's only going to apply to 38 people, 27 people. But to your point, you, you don't need it to apply to everybody because you don't need to reach everybody, but you also are creating that template or that series of templates in your sequence that you are highly confident are relevant and valuable, and then you can reuse them. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not a one-off sort of email. Um, it is something that you can use every single time a new prospect meets those criteria. So I found it just to, to be an incredibly valuable blend of being able to create copy and sequences that are a bit more evergreen, mm -hmm. but do it without like over automating, falling into the trap of personalization as a check the box activity, like disingenuous personalization or the opposite, falling into the trap of believing that every single email you send out needs to be hyper personalized so that you're only able to send out five emails a day because you're spending an hour and a half researching for oh. each of them. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is like a lot of these data, a lot of these, you know, data points that we're talking about that you can use to, to segment, um, you can use tools to do this. Like there's software, there's tools, there's data providers, like you name it. Um, it's just how you use the data which is very different. And are you using it to segment? And if so, how is your message changing based on everything that you know about that person, 
right? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that uh, the... I think that the thing that where a lot of people go wrong is they think that it's like a silver bullet to just send more people more of the same message. Yeah. Unfortunately, that is going to burn bridges. Like there are so many other reasons not to do it. Like it's spammy. It'll hurt your deliverability or hurt like your reputation. Uh, But it is, Something that I hear people say works. Well, it worked. We got three meetings without understanding that you burned 3,000 bridges mm. along the way. So it, it may be something that yields you results very short term, but you have really compromised your ability to, to build a sustainable outbound approach. Like you've, you've sort of tarnished the durability. Yeah. Um, of your ability to, to, to grow your revenue going forward. And, you know, one call to action that I'd give for individual contributors listening to this is they will often push back when I give this advice and be like, well, I, like, I don't control my territory. I'm told I who, who I need to reach out to, which is true for a lot of ICs. Mm-hmm. But your territory is, what, 200 accounts, 300, 400, 500? Like, it's hundreds of accounts, and within those hundreds of accounts, it is up to you to take ownership and to approach your territory more strategically. And a value-based segmentation approach is a critical way that individual contributors can own their territory and show that they have that strategic mind, which is going to help them in the short term because they're going to set more meetings, make more money. But also I know a lot of folks that are maybe doing this type of SDR full cycle work or trying to move into like, you know, full-time AE roles. And if you want a way to impress your leaders, be strategic about how you are segmenting and outbounding to your territory. Lots of great nuggets there. I mean, I think that the one takeaway that I think really uh, struck a chord with me is, you know, the fact that you, you mentioned you know, maybe you book three meetings, but you know, how many bridges did you burn in the process? And I think what people, what sellers have to understand is like first impressions matter. Right. And so the first, you know, level of engagement that you have with your prospect or, you know, somebody within your territory, um, that leaves an impression could be good, could be bad, depending on how you're approaching it. Um, and, and the other thing is, is I think this is where a lot of, um, sales orgs get in trouble, right? Because, you burn all those bridges, well, then what do you have to do? You've got to loosen up the filters of how you're segmenting so that you can now send more, which means maybe you start reaching out to folks that aren't as aligned to your ICP as they should be because you've burned all these bridges in the process. And it's like, we got to send more messages. We need more meetings. Mm, Yes. Uh, A quality approach to outbound is probably going to equality in terms of hyper-personalization for all steps at all points is probably going to leave you in a situation where you do not have enough pipeline coverage. But I would always rather be there than taking a quantity approach and putting myself in a position where I have burned through my entire TAM before the business even has a chance to get to that round B for funding. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of great points here. Leslie, 
thank you so much for coming back on the show. Always appreciate uh, your conversations. Any final thoughts as we wrap it up? And then uh, where's the best place for people to get into your world? Yeah, I think like final thought, find the balance and find what works for your organization. And I would recommend doing that by working backwards from either your total revenue goals or if you're an IC from your personal quota and really understanding based on your ACV or your average number of meetings set what you need to achieve and then build realistic goals and a realistic strategy to achieve that. Um, And folks can find me on LinkedIn. I've been creating there for over a thousand days and counting and also on sales tips talk on TikTok if they prefer video content. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we'll include all those links in the show notes for everybody. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share the show with your friends. Uh, Write us a review. It does help us to reach more sellers and sales leaders to help transform the way that they sell. Mm -hmm.